Welcome to the Future Insiders Podcast, a podcast about the future of tech, business, and humanity. I am your host, Kathy Hackle, and today we have Kim Bates, Chief Futurist at Faith Popcorn's Brain Reserve. We're going to be talking about business to robot to consumer, as well as what if the world becomes a prophylactic culture. So lots of interesting discussion. Let's go into the episode. All right, Kim. Well, welcome to the Future Insiders podcast. Thank you for having me, Kathy. I'm super excited to speak with you today. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big fan of the work you're doing. Um, maybe let folks let folks know a little bit about what you're doing at Faith Popcorn's Brain Reserve. Yeah, I'm currently Chief Futurist at Faith Popcorn's Brain Reserve, and we do some really exciting work. We we help, um, we work with a lot of C-suite and executive teams at Fortune 100 companies and even smaller startups to help them predict and map the future of their businesses. And in that, in helping them to understand everything that might happen tomorrow, we then help them take small action and big action steps today towards their future. We help them shape brand transformation. We ignite disruption um, inside the organizations. We help to um, come up with and drive new revenue streams, and we really are, you know, partners within the organization. I love that's, the work that we're doing. Super proud. Of it. Super fascinating. I mean, oh my gosh, dream job, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and the first time I came across the work you were doing specifically was at a Thinkers Fifty event where you were presenting with Faith, and your presentation. I was just blown away by it. I was like, wow, she's amazing. She's someone I want to get to know. And you were the first person that I ever heard say the term business to robot to consumer. So let's start with that because that's kind of like the genesis of how I found you and then kind of why we connected. So tell folks a little bit more about the concept of business to robot to consumer. So B2R to C, which, um, you know, obviously was one of the titles, um, was one of the, one of the things I focused on in one of my Forbes articles. Yeah. So that's exactly, you know, it's just a kind of, um, a term, but a thought of if we were, as we were thinking about what is the customer journey of the future going to be, um, we came up with this notion around B2R to C, which is really business to robot to consumer. And as our homes and as our automobiles and as our workspaces become, um, you know, more smarter, let's just say, where yeah. humans and machines learn to live together. And on top of that, we actually bring robots into our homes. Um, today, they might be the form of smart speakers and devices. But when you really free yourself up in the future from any screen, and you actually have robots living with you inside the home, or you can just think of smart surfaces as a robot. So, yeah. um, you know, the air that you breathe, your walls, your closets, um, they all start to become interfaces. And so as marketers, we really need to think about in the future, when you have a holographic doctor who comes to visit you, right, because you don't want to go to a doctor's office, and they're really not only helping to um, talk to you about your health and wellness and treat you, but also helping you with nutrition and automatically ordering your groceries for you, 
um, potentially preparing your meals, we start to think about how are we going to market to machines in the future um, as brands um, and not just people. And at the same time, we have to build human connection and emotional connection with consumers. And we're going to have to do it much more through experiences in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's a really interesting, um, you know, uh, paradigm for marketers, for sure. Because, you know, who owns, who's going to own the relationship with the consumer? And that becomes just gets really interesting really fast. Yes, absolutely. And again, care bots and care butlers um, could become the marketers or the retailer of the future. Um, we're still going to obviously buy from retail, but as things become more anticipatory um, and, and we want to have things be more predictive and intuitive, it's just more about we're humans and we really want things to be easier and safer for us in the future. Definitely. And I think that's a great segue into um, kind of, I think, the meat and potatoes of the conversation we're going to have today. So, um, you know, you and I actually collaborated on a, um, a, a really interesting thought piece of sorts uh, for Forbes CMO Network about um, about if we're becoming a prophylactic culture and what that is. So maybe let's start let's start telling folks a little bit more about what that means. Yeah, pr prophylactic culture. I mean, obviously, it's a term um, where we might think of um, prophylactics in ter terms of therapeutics or um, materials, right, that protect us. But it's bigger than that. It's it's really that, you know, we're going into this time within culture. I mean, just think about everything that's going on in the world right now. We have massive uncertainty. We have political unrest. Society is going through PTSD. I mean, that's truly our next pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're going through grief. And, and, and some people are losing loved ones, and it is severely time of grief. But we are also grieving for yesterday. Some people yeah. are really grieving for the life we had six months ago. And the grieving for careers and their identity, you know, as professionals. Are being, you know, the whole world is going through such such a shift. So we really need to think about um, not just, you know, physical health in the future. Obviously, physical health is gaining in importance, and people are taking health into considerations when they're thinking about their purchase decisions. But that's just the beginning, you know. Immunity, the the whole notion of immunity and protection is really going to become. Mm -hmm. the big symbols of survival and of status in the future. And again, it's not just, it's not about not being human. And when we say immunity, it is truly like, how can we live freely? Like freely, we're humans. We want to touch each other. We want to hug again. We want to nurture each other. How do we live in the future with more invisible, non-invasive technologies that protect us? We're, you know, um, we're going to think about kind of three key areas, preventative, proactive, and predictive. And all of that is kind of carried through, you know, our lives from our homes becoming, you know, um, medical grade and lab grade and biologically fortified. Our cars really, you know, our automobiles just kind of symbolizing more strength and safety, yeah. right, for the ones that we love. 
and 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 you know, and knowing our interactions and our emotions, our intentions. I mean, our cars are gonna <laughs> be able to know, you know, if we're if we're getting sick just by the sound of our voice or or things like that. So yeah, definitely very interesting. Yeah, and biometrics then, is mm -hmm. going to be built into everything to just give us more knowledge. And at the same time, we need to protect and help our mental state as yeah. a society for people, for everybody, every human in society. So for those who can't afford healthcare and, and mental health, um, we're gonna we're gonna need to really come up with innovative solutions of how we go to the people in the community and give free mental health care. We have food banks, but we need mental health banks in the future. Um, we're gonna need a lot of new innovative services to really take care of each other and nourish our minds and our bodies in the future. A hundred percent. I think, you know, and, um, you know, I think people definitely, if you want to go to Forbes and read the article that we wrote, I think we really talk a lot about this different ways that, you know, that the technology it can help us um, in a way, um, which I think is incredibly important. You mentioned something, you know, taking care of ourselves mentally um, in the PTSD that society is going through. You know, I, one of the things, and I was fearing this a couple months back was anger. Like how is the anger uh, going to kind of come to the surface, right? And I feel like in some way, shape or form, we're seeing that, you know, manifest. Um, but do you worry about anger in society? Yeah, I mean, rage is a huge theme. We talked about this actually at the conference that you attended. Um, and this was before a lot of the, the um, social unrest really heated up and we had protesting and you know, all of the things that are going on in our cities right now, in the US especially, um, you know, massive amounts of gun violence. So we talked about, this was, you know, maybe two, three months ago, we said rage is, is gonna be the next big, you know, we're gonna see lots of rage because people are don't know, you know, when you're scared and you're in fear and you're grieving and you're in pain, and it's not just pain from the pandemic, it's pain from many things in society it comes out as rage. And so we're seeing an increase in rage rooms. We're seeing an increase in, um, even in video games, building out rage spaces and yeah. taking our rage out through gaming and virtual worlds and being able to play safely and rage safely within those worlds. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's incredibly important. And one of, one of the things that I'm really into, and if you notice, this is the, the concept of the metaverse, right? Where kind of their physical and digital lives collide and this convergence. And, and, you know, I always wonder about how that's going to translate into that world in some ways, right? Um, so I think that's a really great example. Um, so maybe, Kim, let's talk a little bit more um, about some of the things that you're excited about when it comes to the future. Uh, what are some of the, 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 the things that you're seeing out there that you're just truly excited that you just want the whole world know, to know about? You know, I, I, I see a lot of and feel a lot into the future. I've always been someone who I have, I'm a very intuitive person and I have, you know, I've always been, since I was a child, I always had dreams that came true. And um, just my intuition has always been kind of off the charts. And one of the things that I'm seeing more than ever, and I'm trying to look at the silver linings of some of this is just the explosion in creativity right now in the world. I'm yeah. super excited about a better future. I think that 
And I hope that we as humans treat each other better in the future. We have more respect now and appreciation for family and people who have really truly been there are friends, right, for us. Um, We've been reconnecting with people from a long time ago. Um, I know I've heard from people from childhood during this this time. And we have an awakening going on on just how we need to just treat each other as humans and better. And so I feel super excited about just the the explosion in solutions around helping people with their health and wellness. Um, Also just in the, the funny, I mean, there's just some really interesting, quirky, you know, innovation going on. Just the fact that I saw last week that at a speedway in Germany, there was um, fans of sports fans that rented cranes so that they could be separate, but still see the action. They oh, did not <laughs> want to miss what was going on. Yeah. And that type of human ingenuity and creativity is happening everywhere. And that's yeah. just, you know, a small, um, you know, we just had an earthquake last night, a typical, but you know, a, a bigger one in, in LA on top of the fires and the pandemic going on and lockdown. Um, we're kind of in a, another phase of lockdown here. Yeah. So we have a lot going on and uh, Japan just launched a bullet train that's earthquake proof. It's the first one in the world. And you just, again, that's prophylactic, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, how do you want to feel protected? And if someone gave me that option today in America to ride one of those, I would take it. But again, it's just all of this innovation. We're seeing, we saw, we're seeing a $5 million mansion that floats. Mm-hmm. So while we really need to spend time solving society's biggest issues, and I truly believe that, I really think we need to think about our local communities, um, you know, everything that we can do in the local community. We're going to see also, you know, 3% of this innovation activity is going to go towards what I call luxury distancing, because the truly wealthy are going to, there's going to be new services to serve that community as well. Luxury distancing, and what I mean by that is Andre Balaz just announced that he's going to take some of his hotels private. We're seeing this floating mansion for $5 million. You know, most of the world cannot participate in that. You're going to see $5 million bunkers built Mm -hmm. in the properties. So there's going to be a whole market around privileged cocooning and luxury distancing. And then the 98, 7% of the activity is going to be truly, how can we help solve for society? We need to get healthcare into the community. We, we, we're going to see more mobile services in the future. Um, mobile wellness trucks, right? Um, We need to go to the people. We need to figure that out and we need to help each other. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you bring that up because, you know, uh, those bunkers, you know, that kind of prepper culture was kind of its Mm -hmm. own thing, like a subculture, but now it's kind of becoming, you know, prepper websites are so selling out of all this stuff. Um, And I think it's really interesting that we, you know, there's this luxury aspect to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I was at my friend's uh, country club yesterday and, you know, obviously just like you have this, this thing where I always think about what is the future of X, right? And I'm at this country club and I'm like thinking, what is the future 
of this? What is the future of this type of situation? Um, you know, so I, I kind of just started thinking through that. And what you're saying just resonates a lot with, you know, what is it going to look like? You know, is it, um, you know, is it going to become even more of a luxury, right? Um, mm-hmm. To be able to have these private memberships and what is it going to look like? Because they're going to have to protect, um, you know, their <laughs> their members in a totally different way. Um, so yeah, very, very relevant. Um, I know you even, in the talk I heard you give, you even talked about, um, I don't know what you called it, but it was kind of like uh, cocoony. I don't know what the word was, but like couture. It was couture for you know protecting yourself or um, or something like that. I, what, what did you call it? I cannot remember. But you were talking about the the fashion aspect of it. Um. Well, we we were talking about the the what virtual fashion. Remember, I think you did an article on that, right? Yeah. The most expensive dress in the world during the pandemic was bought. <laughs> Was virtual, it was, yeah. It was virtual, and it um, it was a digital dress, which yeah, is yeah, nope. Really but I'm thinking more like the face masks and and you know things that are um, you know that that kind of eventually might become some type of luxury. For example, I just got a, a message from a friend who's working with a a startup, and they have this like amazing face mask face mask that repurposes the air and keeps it clean. It's a three hundred dollar face mask. Right. I'm like, that's yeah. not something everyone can afford. So it's giving way to this whole new, you know, uh, yes. market. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, quarantine fetish. I think that's mm-hmm. what, we that's what it was called. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> quarantine fetish, And we're seeing it, you know, we've seen it in the past on the runways. We're going to see it even more um, in the future. Um, you're seeing hoodies that have built in now, um, you know, turtlenecks that cover your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mask is going to be reinvented 1000 ways, but really we want to live without the mask, right? And yeah. I don't mean take it off because everything is fine. What I mean is what could we, through air systems and air filtration, what can yeah. we do so that we, we can be, we can have an invisible mask um, because I think that's what humans are going to want in the future. You know, it's we also want to feel more in control. So if you can mm-hmm. build products and services that make humans feel more in control. So feeling free and having freedom, not wearing a mask is a feeling of I'm in control of my life. Wearing a mask is feeling more in control of your of not dying. Right. Yeah. And those are two psychological sides. And so you're seeing people in society fight over this. And it's not about politics. People want to say it's red or blue and it's really not. Both people want to feel control. We as humans want to feel in control of our lives. The way we express it could be through freedom or it could be through staying alive and surviving. Survival. It's just basic yeah. human needs. And people are going about it differently. But what they're really seeking at the end of the day is to feel in control mm-hmm. of their life and safe. Yeah. And, and the, you bring something really interesting up because that's kind of the debate that we're living through here in the United States. But, you know, I've, I've had a chance to travel through Asia before, you know, a long time before this all happened. And when I took my daughter to China um, in 2018, um, you know, we wore our face masks the whole mm-hmm. time because of the pollution. Right. So it's a totally different kind of situation. You wear it because uh, you just don't want to breathe in all the toxins. That's right. Um, so it, it's kind of a different concept. I mean, you, you're better off wearing it in that sense. Um, and yeah, so I think that it's also interesting how different cultures and different people perceive, um, you know, this this concept of these barriers or, or the idea of not having the barriers, right? Um, yeah. 
And yeah. there's, a, there's a company named Visor, V-Y-Z-R, and they've invented this body visor that that mm -hmm. is perfect for teachers that have to go back to teach in the class that if they're nervous themselves. Um, and it has an air filtration system built into it. Mm -hmm. So not only are you getting protection, it's clear, but you're getting air filtration. So um, it's, you know, medical professionals would use it. But I think that one of the biggest consumer applications or not consumer, but just community applications will be for teachers um, that really have to go back in and themselves feel vulnerable. You know, maybe not the children, but they themselves feel vulnerable. Yeah. So we're going to see, um, you know, more inventions again around that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interest to say the least. I mean, it's an interesting time to to be alive for sure. But um, but before we go, can maybe you know, we were talking about some of the things that you're interested in. What is uh, something like a technology or, or maybe a gadget or something you've seen out there uh, that you are just impressed in that, you know, kind of made you think a lot about what the future of X could be? Yeah, I, yeah I took a little trip into Somnium space. Um, it's uh -huh. a one of the metaverses. It's, it's a universe within the metaverse. And I'm super impressed with Somnium Space. I think it's 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 the first virtual space built on um, crypto platform and blockchain. And it it's truly um, a whole new world of of commerce. People are selling art in there. People are selling um, museum tours. There's a, a a guide in there. A man who worked at a British museum. And he's in Somnium space now in his retirement, giving people art tours, um, just truly impressive. And I think our digital twins, I'm really impressed by the whole notion of having a digital twin. You saw Facebook just launched their, you know, emojis and then, mm -hmm. you know, their virtual characters and you're, and that's just bringing it mainstream, but you're really gonna have this kind of virtual twin in the future that can, try on different identities and be and try things that maybe you're too chicken to as a human, which yeah. I think is super exciting. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I would love to have them on my podcast when the, the Somium folks uh, one day in the future. I think that'd be really interesting to have that conversation. For me, I mean, I'm from the digital twin perspective, I'm, I'm personally currently working on creating my virtual, let's say AI Kathy. Mm -hmm. um, that can do a lot of stuff when I'm not available. <laughs> right. um, so working on that with uh, with two companies um, to create that virtualized version of myself, um, you know, that takes that takes time and takes uh, you know a few things. But um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, I, I just yeah, I, I'm you know just like you, I'm like I, I love exploring all this and I, I love being a guinea guinea pig for a lot of these technologies. Um, you know, so, uh, so yeah, it, you know, I think one of the things I'm excited about is brain machine interface. I mean, I've written yeah. about it. I've tested a lot of, you know, I think three of these, yeah, three of these um, devices already. And the biggest, the biggest thing for me is that my brain really liked it, like really, really liked the workout. Um, so I'm still kind of figuring out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I'm still sitting with that one, but excited to see, you know, the future of how we interface with, with, data with information and yeah i think we're almost a month only a month away from elon musk bringing out the next version of Neuralink. i cannot wait to see what comes of that and what applications it's going to bring to the world 
and what changes. Because you can imagine that everything in life is about mood management. And mm -hmm. the food we eat is about mood management. Sleep health is about mood management, um, nutrition and, and medicine. But Neuralink is really a way in the future to automatically keep our moods stable um, yeah. and, and manage it um, you know, preventively and have that kind of manage our moods for us so we don't have to turn to certain things. Um, and then on the other hand, there's n nothing more enjoyable to me actually than good old fashioned being with nature and in the ocean. And so hopefully Neuralink can help recreate those feelings for people too, who don't live on the shore. I mean, it'll be definitely really interesting to watch for sure. So we're getting towards the end of the podcast. So I want to make sure that uh, folks have a way to find you. Where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Um, yeah, where can they yeah, go? Yeah, I think the be best way is just um, to connect with me on um, Twitter for now. And it's Kim Bates CA, Kim Bates, California. So Kim Bates CA. And I look forward to um, connecting with you all and furthering the, the, this conversation and helping folks um, forecast and see and feel into a better future for all of us. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Future Insiders podcast. We hope you'll subscribe and we will see you in the future.